following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 105 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. Uh, Stank. And today, it has been a long, I'm not going to lie, it has been a long day for me. I am running on, I am running on almost no sleep. Um, yeah. You know, there was like, there was, uh, what was it, like a sports memorabilia show that I went to with uh, with Frank, Juan, Cousin Jeremy, CMT, and, and Eric Zisselman. And if it's not usually my thing, you know, like it was some sort of like everyone was looking into like baseball cards and getting their stuff authenticated, things like that. I simply went just to hang around with everyone. Mark was supposed to be there, um, but he said he overslept, but we think he might have been at Lollapalooza with Raul. Um, oh, my God. Uh, and so, yeah, so we uh, we went and it was one of those things where there was nothing I wanted. Like clearly, I did not want anything, um, but I was just walking around. And sure, you're a huge sports fan. You know what? I do love me some sports. You know, so many <laughs> too too many sports teams to name now. So uh, I, I can't even I can't name them all. You know, I'm, I'm, it's it would be unfair for me to name all my favorite sports teams and sports players. Uh, but yeah, but in typical me fashion, uh, I found the one Watchmen related item there. Uh, <laughs> there was some like booth that had random like uh like movie and like TV autographs, and I'm looking through this and I'm like Eric Estrada, what the fuck? Like nobody wants this because they had several. They had some cool wrestling ones, but I, I have this kind of I have this thing with like wrestling autographs where it's like if I don't if I don't personally get the autograph, like yeah, it's like I'll it wait. Count. Yeah, because yeah. there was this pretty badass Bret Hart one, and I really wanted to get it, but I was like. I'd rather get it in person. But I did find was a uh, Carla Gugino uh, Silk Spectre. There's like a, a, a frame from the movie where, you know, it's her with a bunch of cops and the cop, one of the cops is like staring down at her tits. Um, they had that autographed by her. It was authenticated by JSA. And uh, I purchased it. I talked the guy down to 30 bucks instead of 40. And yeah, I, I, I managed to. I was just laughing because, you know, at this sports convention where everyone is worried about Mike Trout and uh, Tiger Woods, uh, here I am finding the one Watchmen-related item. Well, that sounds – and of all of them, I love Carla Gugino, by the way. I don't mean to be a lecherous old man, but she is – good looking well listen i knew before i knew her as silk specter uh number one i knew her as the hot mom from spy kids you know and she's been in a ton of things like it, it and so many things but to me it's like she was the hot mom from spy kids and i was just like yowie wowie like you know um sucker punch she's uh Clearly, Zack Snyder loves her, too. Exactly. Uh, by the way, welcome to uh, the PWT cast, the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Teaser. This is your first episode. We don't usually open up every episode being horn dogs over Carla Gugino, uh, but maybe we should more often, you know? Maybe that we would, keep uh, that private normally. 
Yeah. Uh, of course, this is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, you can find us on the social media at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, yeah, we bring you brand new episodes every Monday. We have a Patreon as well. We'll, we'll get to the Patreon stuff a little bit later. Um, Dave, I'm actually a little bit uh, excited to be on Twitter tonight, which is it's it's a thing that I don't normally uh, say because Twitter, for the most part, is just people being mean to each other. You know, yeah, it's normally hot garbage. Yeah, but tonight is uh, PWG is having their Vortex show and or Mystery Vortex, which for those of you guys unfamiliar um, with the concept, they don't announce anything. They don't announce any talent. They don't announce any shows or any anything, any matches. I'm sorry, any shows. It is a show. Any matches, any talent. You just show up and you get what you get. And what's most interesting about this. One of the interesting things I was telling you about is apparently both William Regal and Tony Khan are there scouting. Um, yeah, which is just like, ooh. And uh, granted, I'm sure it's a very, they're both very cordial and professional with each other. Sure. But it's just, it's very funny that, like, how how the world of wrestling, you know, is changing. And, like, that forbidden door. Like, what are, like, what are the odds that, like, Kenny Omega walks out PWG champion tonight? Could you imagine? Yeah, like that would, and then William Regal has to watch it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because currently, right now, Bandito is the uh, world heavyweight champion, and I mean, Kenny Omega's collecting belts. You know, I mean, it, it would work, um, and it, it would also work with the theme that, like, you know, everyone's working with AEW, and a rising tide lifts all boats, and so. Not that PWG necessarily needs it, but I mean, it'd be a nice feather in the cap for both companies. Yeah, I mean, listen, if it was up to me, um, I'd have I, I like I don't know if Brody King is going to be on the show, but I know he is frequently at uh, you know uh, PWG. Uh, yeah, make that sweet boy uh, heavyweight champion Ooh. because I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that. One thing I wasn't happy about seeing this weekend was uh, Bray Wyatt being released. Um, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the fiend Bray Wyatt. Um, I loved crazy cult leader Bray Wyatt. And it's just, it's crazy to me that they're just letting everyone go at this point. Like um, maybe, maybe you might know a little bit more than me, but like everyone says like, Oh, they're releasing everyone because of a sale. Like I don't understand that logic. Is that something that you understand or are you also confused? No, I, I I think when I hear that, it's mostly because they're trying to make the company more attractive in that, you know, they don't have any roster liability, like money li- liabilities. I'm assuming Bray Wyatt commands a pretty decent salary because by all accounts, he's a great uh, merchandise seller. He's very popular. Um, you know, we were talking shirt sales, toy sales. Um, and so when when they're saying, Hey, you want to buy this company? You're all of a sudden going to inherit $200 million in roster stuff. If they can cut as many, as much of that as possible, um, you know, the better for them if they were selling. Cause you know, I think I've mentioned it before. WWE is too big to fail at this point. They've got their hands in so many different pots. And as long as they put on a weekly show that sponsors can be on, no matter how, milk toast their, their programming is and as long as they have a product they can license they can really just interchange people on the roster now and it's it shows in their storylines but as far as profitability like you know i don't know now i have heard people say 
he's messed up because of the death of Brody Lee, and that's why he's been out. But apparently, he's been out with a legitimate medical reason, and he because he just got cleared. So you know, whatever his feelings were about the passing of his dear friend, you know, I know a lot of people were tore up about that. You know, you're getting a lot of callous comments like, "Oh, he's just staying home." He's just, you know, even if that was the case, I don't fault the guy. Like, take time for your mental health, guys. I mean, apparently. <laughs> Apparently that that was that was just like a rumor, and then it's not an actual thing because he was actually gearing up for an in ring return. Like from by yes. all by all accounts, yeah, he was just like under the impression he's coming back in August. And um, well, that- well, yeah, like the, the weird thing is, people were posting pictures of him saying, "Wow, he looks like he's in great shape. He's looking like he's in a good place." And then, like literally, like a day later, the cuts happen, and it kind of echoes what Vince McMahon was saying at the earnings call. He's like, maybe we'll give AEW more roster investments, like just a shithead thing to say, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Vince McMahon was kind of tipping his hand a little bit saying, Hey, there's going to be more coming. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do wrestling is so wild right now. You know, like we talked last week about all like the punk and Brian rumors and, you know, this United center show sold out 10,000 tickets Pre-sale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I was seeing some statistic that's like up until that the Arthur Ashe Stadium, the United Center will be their biggest show and it's just it's crazy. You know, like it I mean, again, everyone is just everyone's in the oppression punk's gonna be there. Like if that happens, fucking cool. If it doesn't happen, I gotta imagine there will sure it'll be a great show. Yeah. I imagine it'll be a great show, but there will there will probably be something, you know, like it's very unbecoming of Tony Khan to be like, you know, you guys have trusted me for the last three years. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna, you know, throw all that goodwill out the window and do the jerk off motion at all you guys. Um but now yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm mis- I'm pretty sure we're gonna be there. Uh, people keep asking. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, you know, we were talking about it, and you know, like, my brother's not a big wrestling guy, but he's like, "Hey, I heard Punk might be coming back." I was like, "No one knows." And by the way, little side note, we don't know, and if we did, we won't tell you. Like, I, I cannot tell you how many messages per day I'm ask, getting asked about Punk. I don't know, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you. I keep asking. I keep asking Dave, and he's just like, "No." I just keep repeating it. Like, I, I printed business cards. I just hand him one every time he asks me. But, um, no, like my brother's like, Hey, is there any chance I could get a ticket? I was like, I don't even know if I'm getting a ticket. So I'm assuming we are, but, uh, all things considered, you know, we were joking about this at the lunch table. How funny would it be if everyone's expecting CM Punk and then cult of personality hits and then Brock Lesnar comes out? <laughs> like they would be simultaneously disappointed, but like elated. It'd yeah. be a weird uh, experiment. Yeah. There, there was even rumors of Brock Lesnar, like showing up again. It's like, yeah. this is. This is what I love in wrestling, the unpredictability of like, hey, yeah, maybe Brian does show up. Maybe Punk shows up. Maybe Brock shows up. Maybe fucking all three show up. Like, yeah. who, who knows? You know, like it's it's one of those things where it's just that's what makes wrestling fun. You know, like yeah. these kinds of things just it makes it. I want I listen, I, I would much rather watch, you know, a show that's putting, you know, it's almost guaranteeing these kinds of surprises and putting on fucking killer matches like Go back to last week's AEW, um, the opening match with the Elite Squad versus the Dark Order. Like, woo! Yeah. Like, what a hot way to open up, like, a show. And, you know, on the other channel, you have fucking the 24-7 title and Goldberg. 
Well, I gotta say, you know, you you know, you you always mentioned you weren't like a big fan of the Attitude Era, but like, it's starting to feel like that. Like, wh- whatever you think of the TV production and the actual matches and the wrestlers, like around the Attitude Era time and like the uh, the Monday Night Wars, like the feeling of wrestling was like it. You know, when The Rock says he's the most electrifying man, like there was like a crackling in the air and it, there was a sense of, oh, who's joining the NWO next? Oh, who's jumping ship? Oh, X-Pac is that part of the the NWO? He's in DX again? Oh, shit. Like there were all sorts of these things and, and there was constantly wondering whose contracts are up, who's going where. And, you know, we, we started to see that with, uh, you know, Impact and, and AEW and now New Japan and stuff is getting in the mix. It's really starting to feel like the good old days, and that's nothing but good. Yeah, dude, it's so it's so awesome, and I just I I can't wait. Very much in the same way that I can't wait for uh, this new Ghostbusters movie. We've been doing a lot of Ghostbusters talk. Yes, yeah, we talked about it this last <laughs> week. Uh, yeah, for those of you guys. Uh, who are unaware we do have a pay we do have a patreon uh we have a weekly movie review show in the form of scrump and stanks family video uh just this last week we did um ghostbusters the, the original 1984 ghostbusters and there were, we you know we, we talk about um the ghostbusters afterlife trailer in that we talk about the ghostbusters reboot in 2016 we talk a little bit about the sequel as well but it's mostly just about you know the original ghostbusters i go into a tangent about three six mafia at some point i forget why <laughs> I mean, why not? I love Three Six Mafia. Uh, but like, I did, Dave. I'm I'm so looking forward to this movie mainly because uh, Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon, two of my favorite actors, are a married couple. And honestly, this movie could be about them uh, eating a box of Wheaties, and I would be there opening day. Yeah, you know it's weird. Much is made about Paul Rudd's agelessness, but like, <laughs> you know, I was going through like my my online movie catalog and I came across Romeo and Juliet, the, uh, the revised uh, Leonardo DiCaprio version. And he's in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa. Holy shit. He absolutely has not aged. A lot of people bring up clueless too. Like that was around the same time, but, uh, he is adorable. He's a treasure. Dude, look at wet, wet, hot American summer. He shows yeah. up in the original one, you know, looking like Paul Wright as we know him. And then, you know, they do the the sequel like twenty years later or something like that. And for the most part, everyone you can you can see the aging on people. Some people yeah. have gotten bigger, some people have gotten smaller. Paul Rudd looks like the exact same Paul Rudd. Um, well, not only that, someone posted up a meme image and said Paul Rudd today is the same age that Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon, which like. <laughs> 50 is the new 40 or 30 now it's it's crazy but good for him yeah good for him shout out paul rudd i i (laughs) yeah definitely love him uh another person i want to shout out actually is uh jesse kohlenberg like we mentioned um we we did some recording next week we'll have an episode with him up that you know we finally got to, to record he was in town for Lollapalooza, and he stopped by here he brought us some gifts actually uh for the studio um some awesome power ranger figures that will be displayed very prominently in here and just love jesse you know we all, we also got to record some stuff with uh, clifford frazier um you might hear some of that later wink wink uh but yeah no it's you know one of the things that i love the most just as it pertains to this show is um getting to interact with the patrons 
You know, yeah. like it, it's always fun, especially the people who are in the $20 tier. Uh, for those of you guys unaware, the $5 tier gets you, um, you know, the weekly movie review in form of Scrump and Stang's family video. Uh, $10 tier gets you uh, our, our third bi-weekly show. Uh, we have currently right now going Scrump and Stang's detective agency, which is kind of like our conspiracy theory, true crime, you know, spooky stuff. And uh, we do have some a back catalog of Go Go Scrump and Stank, which was uh, the Power Ranger retrospective that we just temporarily shelved uh, while we did some of this spooky stuff. Um, but if you are in the twenty dollars tier, you get all the aforementioned things, as well as uh, some stickers, some other goodies, uh, an exclusive T-shirt. But you also get to come onto the show and review a movie with us. And I. You know, dare I say, every experience that we had with those people, you know, the the Joshua Davises, the Anthony Torreses, has been so much fun. Yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting too, and I, you know, I think I mentioned it when we were recording with Clifford. The cool thing is, you know, one, you don't know what to expect, and sometimes when like you and I are coming up with movies, we're like, ah, oh, what should we do next? But like, it's really nice to not have to do that, and then to see exactly what the patrons are picking, and then you know, invariably we'll get a movie that like maybe I haven't seen in 25 years or I haven't seen at all, or it's been a while and I get a changed perspective from where I am now. It's been really fun watching these and discussing them with you guys. So keep them coming. I mean, we could do this for all eternity for all I care. I'm actually at the point now where, uh, I have to, I'm, I'm making a list and checking it twice you know, see who's naughty and nice. Um, but as well as like what movies, because there's so many times where we're just like, all right, we're recording that. All right. We're going to record that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, that I'm like, I should probably write these down so that we can have an actual, some sort of actual schedule, uh, right. for everyone. But I know this Friday we'll be dropping, uh, the episode that we recorded with Clifford Frazier talking about 1994's clerks. Um, again, another super, super fun episode and we will have uh, an episode of scrump and stakes detective agency coming out this week as well um but dave while we're talking about the patreon patreon and the patrons um let me shout out let me give them all a shout out because you know since since we recorded uh we've got some new patrons actually uh of course shout out to the aforementioned clifford fraser jesse kohlenberg uh our little buddy Lollapalooza mark uh joshua davis the invincible man himself ryan mears neil flanagan who uh was feeling a little under the weather we were supposed to record with him so get well soon neil um shannon howanick uh the PWT crate man himself, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Joe Enriquez, Ryan Crossley, who, you know, we're, he's having surgery this week. He said it's minor surgery, but, uh, you know, get well, get well soon, Ryan Crossley as well. Sure. Uh, Taffy, lovely Taffy, she's at PWG right now. I'm going to fucking text her and be like, send me all those spoilers. Uh, Vivian, who I got, I, I got one of Vivian's Christmas, Christmas birthday presents, uh, and I think it's pretty cool. I, I mentioned it. I can't talk about the specifics, but there's something that makes it cooler than it should be. Uh, I, that's all I'm going to say because yeah. otherwise I'll wind up spoiling everything. Uh, it's pretty Yeah. Our boy Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, WH Park himself, Mr. Shot in the Dark, John Cena, uh, my godfather Jesus. Um, shout out Jesus. Shout out Jesus. Uh, Brad, old B. Dornick. I've, 
I ruined Endgame for him the other day at lunch. I felt bad, but he should he <laughs> he should have seen Endgame by now. It's been about time, yeah. It's been about time. Come on, Brad, get 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 with the program, buddy. Uh, Moises Garcia, and then we have two brand new patrons. Uh, this first person, I'm I think this is Sean Levine. I believe that's how you spell how you pronounce the last name. But our buddy Sean Levine, um, welcome, welcome to Patreon. We're looking forward to getting to know you and uh, reviewing a movie with you as well. And then, uh, of course, our buddy Eric Campbell as well. If this is the same Eric Campbell that I think it is, we've definitely met him before. He's been in the store. And, yes. again, another, like, OG friend of the show who was just like, hey, I, I really like your guys' show. And we love hearing, you know? Yeah. We like that you like it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, sh- shout out all those guys. Shout out all those friends of the shows. Um, but shout out another friend of the show in the form of Julio. This week we got to chat with Julio. Uh, you know, he's uh, he- he's part of the, the this new comic book, Tales from the Cryptic Closet 3D, I believe is the name of the, the, the title of the book. And yeah. it'd been a while since we had Julio on, you know, like he's he's someone who's been there kind of firsthand. And we get into it a little bit on, uh, during the interview. He's seen, you know, uh the you know the very very much guerrilla style of podcasting as as you've coined that we used to do too now we've got our own studio and uh he's just a pleasant dude to fucking talk to you know like i i i, yeah. I get to work like right across from him all the time we're always you know having fun and it's always good to have good brothers on the show with us exactly uh and yeah you know he he we kind of talk a little bit of everything with julio he, he does delve into the comics and uh you know just the process like i mean if some of you are you know have ever wanted to write your own comic book and have kind of not wondered or not known how like he sort of goes into that process and yeah. uh it's pretty interesting and of course we definitely get into some marvel talk uh so hey without any further ado let's go ahead and get into this week's episode uh with the one and only julio guerra Dave, the last time we had this gentleman on, well, no, the first time that we had this gentleman on, it was at the point where we didn't have any sort of actual office. Yeah, we were sitting in the middle of the retail store. Yeah, it was, and we've talked about it at length, but it was essentially just where can we find space that no one's going to just run into and barge? Because as some of you guys know, we used to record in our garage, and occasionally Fred would just come in and ruin the entire thing. Uh, And... Now we're uh, we're in our second studio, mm-hmm. and we've had the pleasure of having uh, one of our favorite gentlemen on. The other day uh, on Twitter, Eddie Guerrero was trending because someone said something negative about Eddie Guerrero, and everyone came to this man's aid and were like, fuck you, don't ever say anything about Eddie Guerrero. And I made the tweet where I was like, I would physically fight someone if they said something negative about Eddie Guerrero within the vicinity of me. And I'm not a violent person, no. as you know. I very much feel that same way about today's guest. Uh, again, we've, we've had him on. We shout him out, you know, all, all the time. Um, he's uh, the resident comic book artist, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he's just one of our favorite people. Ladies and gentlemen, returning for the third time, I believe, uh, Julio Guerra. Julio, how are you, my guy? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, that was way too nice. <laughs> Of an intro, <laughs> who, who, yeah. that's, how people, that's how people describe you. Yeah, oh, I, I mean it. Like I remember. Yeah. So last summer, 
uh, kind, of, kind of just off the side of it. Last summer we had a barbecue, and Julio might have had one too many virgin daiquiris. I think I left by that moment. By that point. Yeah, you were gone. <laughs> but I heard tales of it. The, the one thing I remember about uh, I'm sorry about drunk Julio was him tell him telling me how he would fucking beat the shit out of anyone if they ever said anything bad about me, and I was like, Julio, I don't think anyone's saying. Like I was like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> And he just kept like telling me, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'd beat the shit out of someone for Julio too." And yeah, that's just you know. Yeah, I heard about that. So, like, whenever I'm saying bad shit about you, I look left and then I look right. And I'm like, Julio's that run. All right. Anyways, <laughs> Birdo, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he starts saying things, and I just start bawling my fist, and I go, "I have to go to the bathroom." And then you just hear me punching the walls outside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's you know it's it's always a pleasure having you back on. Funny enough, the third time we have you on, uh, I was also promoting the the third book. Well, actually, I think the other time was also in preparation for yeah. the book. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> a good promo. Good promo, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you are someone that again, like we genuinely love having on because you are a member of the PWT cast um, sponsor as well uh gorilla mm-hmm. but yeah no uh tell us about you know again the this is the third time you guys are doing this book and if i'm mistaken you guys fucking hit your target in one day yeah uh so because of everyone and everyone liking the stuff we do and just everyone being gracious and whatnot we were uh blessed to hit goal within the first 12 hours of the kickstarter which was really cool so thank you everybody who backed it and and whatnot greatly appreciate it we're like internally grateful and surprised um yeah so we're doing a third one and it's in 3d this time so that's that's our gimmick for this one is it's a 3d uh we do have some returning guys uh such as adam farster uh ashley esper ben miller myself and then uh we have some new people. We have uh, Rafael Nuevez from Marvel's Comics Hellstorm. Uh, so we're awesome. We were happy to get him. Uh, then we have Dan Housen from Ring of Honor coming on to do the intro this time. And then we have uh, our boss, Ryan Barkin, who will be on the back cover along with uh, Frank Spahek, who's like always on here basically. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. We're excited for it. It's a different monster this time. Um, I messed up the second time, so 3D was supposed to happen on issue two, and we're just like, yeah, let's get this artist, let's get this writer, and this and this and that, and it became like a monster-sized book. And anything about printing, we we, we got to print in color in order to do the 3D because it's the red and blue and stuff like that. But that adds up in cost, the more pages and in color and everything. I was like, oh, don't worry about it. And then we saw how much it was going to be. And then we're like, oh, yeah, we'll do 3D for uh, the third one, right? That's what horror movies do. But but that works great Mm -hmm. with the title, you know, uh, Tales from the Cryptic Closet 3D. It just works. Yeah, it definitely works with the title. And it it is also a fun, like, gimmick where it's, like, at least to me, it's like the first time it's like, oh, can these scrappy little kids do it? And it's like, all right, well, they did it. It's like, but can they do it a second time? And then it's like, all right, now, now here comes like the fun. Cause I mean, even that is like even a common trope, like with, you know, with like horror anthologies, you know, like you look at like Dave and I last week, we were talking about like, um, American horror story. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those things where it's just like the first one, it's like kind of a traditional story. And then it's like if the second one, it's still kind of the same. The third one, it's like, all right, now we're going to fucking go for it. And when I saw that you guys were doing it in 3d, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Plus, also, it's like 
3D is one of those things where like it's it's back in vogue. Yeah, which is cool. So the timing was right for it, and especially there's like no one doing. So there's a rarity of anyone doing horror anthology comic books right now. Like it's few and far between. Let alone like an indie publisher trying to do it, and then let alone no one's doing 3D. Like the last time I remember seeing a 3D comic was like in the 90s when they had those hologram covers and the embossed and all that stuff. So it's a, like a nice little callback. And all that's coming back, like how you said, like 80s, 90s stuff is is the the rage right now. So. Yeah, I was I was able to see a piece of artwork. I don't know if you shared it with uh, the social media people. But uh, I one, I, I've always been fascinated with the way 3D looks. Because, um, yeah, I think the last time I saw a 3D book... It was probably the 80s and it was a ninja turtles parody with hamsters and i've been trying to chase it down i can't remember the what? title of it yeah and it, it was all in 3d and i can't i can't remember the title of it and i've been ch- i've been chasing the book since like fourth grade trying to like my teacher oh, took it go. my teacher took it away and then never gave it back I, like on the last day of school like i busted it out i was like look you know, i was trying to floss and then she took it and then didn't give it back to me she threw it in the garbage actually oh and she caught me reaching in trying to get it so i can't even remember the title of it but it's yeah it's been really <laughs> bothering me but i remember like the first times i laid eyes on that like if you're used to comics you're used to like full color and then when you see black and white with the offset red and blue you're kind of like oh this looks stupid and then you put the glasses glasses on and the magic happens and that's what happens when i saw a piece of art from the book and i was like whoa see for me it was more so 3d movies yeah like i think it was i think it was spy kids 3d (laughs) that like we went and they're like here oh no 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 what it was was er, it might have been that or some like right at six legs i'm pretty sure it was spy kids and i remember like yeah having to put on the glasses and just like what the fuck like why do i need to wear glasses to watch a movie like i already have to wear glasses like right. this is bad enough and yeah it, it was, it's like it's a fun experience you know like i like there's some movies where like they'll do they'll do them like in post in 3d mm-hmm. and i mean again because of my glasses if it's a shorter movie like I, I can sure i'll watch it but like i remember having to watch avatar and like one i was just not a fan of the movie but also i had a huge migraine at the end of it because i had to like wear those glasses for so long the movie's like six days long you know and uh no but it is fun seeing the traditional like you know uh one one eye red one eye blue like 3d come back because again it is one of those things where it's like very much how i think with movies in general it's like practical effects are coming back oh yeah it's the same thing with 3d where it's like it's the technology's still there yeah you know like nothing's really changed it's just people have different ways of like going about it now yeah also there's something about like horror specifically that like lends itself to kind of the gimmicky stuff like the like the retro fad mm. you know what i mean like like you think of uh practical effects like horror movies thrive on that stuff that you know the cgi kind of makes it look shitty and like some of the best horror movies that are fondly remembered have practical effects and same thing with like 3d and there's something about that whole aesthetic that like it it marries really well with horror Oh yeah, it, like I want to say it goes back all the way to like William Castle days mm-hmm. with uh, Thirteen Ghosts. That was like mm-hmm. the first three D horror black and white movie. I that I think it is. I can be wrong, yeah. but that's what I remember. And then after that, it was like different gimmicks, like the Tingler. Like if you went to the theater, they put something under your seat 
to shock you no, during that, the that movie. Was me. <laughs> I was the tingler in those theaters. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tingler was actually my nickname in high school. <laughs> I would whisper in there and like the tingler. <laughs> See, funny enough, it, like it kind of just go like mentioning like that. Like I remember there was in um, at Universal Studios, it was like a Shrek 4D ride, and now everyone does this. But I remember. Like going to it, and it was a thing, yeah, where like your seats are moving and like water's being Getting sprayed. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wound up driving to Gurney because they have a, a 40X theater there where it's like it's all that. And I saw like the last Spider Man, and it was literally that. Like you were, it was a giant amusement park ride. Mm. And like that stuff is fun. Like again, not for every movie. I don't want right. to watch like four scump Sh- like that schindler's list <laughs> oh. yeah when the, when the train's going you're just like Ugh. uh yeah no but it is cool and then even like the one thing you, you day like you kind of mentioned where it's like it it's fits with like horror i think there's this cool like renaissance of mm-hmm. horror right now like this week mm-hmm. um there was a the trailer for the new chucky series yeah. and then you have a new uh you know halloween movie coming out there's a new Candyman movie coming out and it's very much where like you had to have these shitty sequels come out. You had to have the shitty remakes so that, you know, it took someone to be like, all right, that's it. We can't do it that way anymore. We're not going to do it that way. And especially now in like an era where like they're taking horror a little bit more serious, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have these like a 24 films that just like, Oh yeah. Like this used to be like a serious genre before, You know, you had the countless Freddy and Jason sequels going on. <laughs> well, that's a, like with horror movies specifically, it was starting to get a little soulless and corporate, right? And like, I know a lot of people that like the Saw franchise, but like, then it's like every, if it's Halloween, it's Saw. And it's like, and you just know they're just like, and you see it with like the Purge, they're just pumping out another one every year just to have it. But like, yeah, it, it is really nice to see, you know, like even stuff like The Void. Mm hmm great by you know by the guy that did psycho gorman um yeah just stuff like that and and again a lot of it's like going back to that retro look like for some reason the 80s seems to be like dialed in perfectly for like horror oh yeah well like i know julio me and you like it literally came up i think yesterday or maybe the day before um where it was like the like two three year anniversary of like or like it'd been two three years since uh we'd gone to see once upon a time in hollywood oh yeah like and we saw it like in 16 millimeter and like that's also a thing where it's like people want to see it that just looks good yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah or even like with um during the pandemic like drive-ins same thing like it, it came it, it's a thing that people are doing now like are these any things that when you know when you guys are all sitting down and like what what should we do next you kind of factor into like well what's in vogue or is it more so like this is our love letter to you know xyz i i would say it's more this is our love letter to things um i we're not like those group of guys or girls or whatever that are like oh yeah what's in what's in right now we got to follow yeah we're not we're not trend trendy at all we just do what we feel like doing and and what we feel like should be out there that we want to see you know just like when we design we design something we would wear right so it's the same thing with like gorilla no matter what we do it's always something we either feel like we want to tell or something we want to get off our chest or just something we want to see so for like the 3d one like i said it was supposed to be issue two but we already had the idea like right when we launched issue one at horror house like right after that happened we were just like what should we do for number two it was like oh we'll we'll do 3d and i um 
Adam Forster brought that up. Like, oh, we should do 3D because that's what horror does and this and that. So it was just like, and it it was besides the, him saying it was horror, but it was like he was reminiscing from those old 80s, 90s comics that had that. He was like, that would be cool if we did it because no one's doing it. And, you know, I want to see one of those again. And why shouldn't we be the ones to do it? So that that's the one thing I like about, like, the creatives that surround that part is... It's everything a love letter for everything. So like Ashley Esper does the Ralphs and that's like a love letter mm-hmm. to the Animaniacs and the mm-hmm. that style Warner Brothers stuff. Um and then Miller does his stuff that's what he's surrounded by that he feels needs to be told in a different medium. I know we're always going back to horror, but it's like horror where it's basically horror movies are social commentary of our times. Mm-hmm. So that's what we feel like what we're doing, especially with with like Kanisha, which is that social justice book we put out, that was social commentary for the times. And then some of the stuff that we're doing in Tales that you see in Tales 1 and 2 and then in 3D, it's the same thing. You'll see stories that reflect what's going on in that year, what happened. Um, and it's just some of us are just having fun with things and, and stuff like that. So it's that and just like what can we experiment with? What can we play around with? that will make us be better or put another tool in our toolbox for something else down the line. Cause doing this 3d book, I learned so much like how to make an image 3d, like the trial and errors we did the hours of YouTube tutorials and like just sitting there and playing with it and then figuring it out and then trying to figure it out in color or in black and white. But now that I have that, I can use that for other things. Like if we want to do a design in 3d or if we want to make a movie poster in 3d or whatever, or some sort of promotional thing in 3d. Now we can do it. We know how to do it for readers of like the first two books is, I mean, and without giving away any spoilers, like how different is, you know, this, this third book in the series, as opposed to like the first two besides the 3d. Yeah. Yeah, Besides the 3d, like it's 3d. Um, it, it doesn't differ like it's not different per se i said we're there are some stories that are different for example we've never done like a victorian hammer horror style story ever now we're doing one um we were death bags never been in a tales comic now he's in one so there is certain like things that are being done in this one that haven't been done and then there's a lot of similarities just because it's like a horror anthology you got to kind of keep if the the formula is there and it's working you, you keep moving and just play with like certain things we'll see with the inclusion of death bag which I, I for those who don't remember remind us who death bag is in a bit but i you like mention these things it's very much just like it, it reminds me of like marvel where it's like all right now we've introduced everyone now like the <laughs> now universe play. yeah now all the toys are getting to play but yeah. well, again you mentioned death bag and of course we know death bag but who is death bag uh death bag is a creation that i uh worked on or i created which is a grim reaper dealing with everyday human life who loves pizza heavy metal horror movies and comic books so that that's all it is it's just uh we pitch it as a dark comedy for all ages Mm -hmm. is what it is because it's it's friendly and there's some like dark stuff but it's not like scary dark but also like my sole intention well, I wouldn't say my sole intention, but my goal with it is to eventually become an Adult Swim cartoon. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I write it like as if it's those, but not like new Adult Swim where it's like the 30 minutes. The right. old Adult Swim was like the 15 minutes mm-hmm. with the crazy bumps. At like three in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Where you're like watching home movies and then Metalocalypse comes on. And yeah. So that that's what my goal is to do with this. So if you like that kind of stuff, that's what Deathbag is. See, and I like I definitely appreciate that because it's like there's something to be said at least for me for like this is you know this is something I created and now and it's like and I know what I want done with it and it's like doesn't have to happen today you know it doesn't have to happen tomorrow but like it like if and when it happens like I already know you know like it's that formula especially because you're like oh Adult Swim and it's like yeah of course like that is something that like people <laughs> enjoy because like even like you have the um God, what's that show the the, the Steve the Steve Gruel like the show the oh Tim and Eric like Tim awesome and Eric show. yeah Tim and Eric's <laughs> awesome show like that's a th- like that is a show where you either love it or you hate it mm-hmm. and I get it I get either <laughs> either which way like you know you feel about it and yeah like it's just there is something to say too like even with, like you mentioned like those cartoons it's like I don't feel like and I, I don't really watch that much like Adult Swim anymore but it, it feels like there's like not that many of those like left you know it's a lot of people talking kind of with like wrestlers you know how like there's always like a certain era where it's just like yeah i don't know they just didn't make any new stars yeah like specifically with adult swim you know that that was like a really big creative risk at the time you know Mm -hmm. like you had things like space ghost and aqua teen hunger force and like stuff on the surface if you pitched them to a regular network they would say no this is squid billies no no thank you but like the beauty of like that plan is like you could just throw 15 minute shorts at people and if they like it they don't if if not you haven't wasted that much time but um i don't when it comes to your book like it really reminded me of kind of like the batman black and white issues oh yeah and like i love that because like you don't you're not tied down with like a continuity or anything and you can just you know it's an anthology but like because of the nature of how it's put together like you can innovate by spotlighting new artists, new mm-hmm. storytellers. Um, you could tell something really crazy in one story and maybe something darkly funny in the other. And then that's like a really good way of like pushing the, you know, the medium a little bit. But like, how, how did the idea to come up with this book as an anthology come about? Um, so that the whole horror anthology for Tales was um, Vinny and I and Moses we're just hanging out one day and this is like still in the infancy of cryptic closet. And I was doing my own thing with the comic books. Like gorilla wasn't even a thought yet, stuff like right. that. And we're just hanging out. And, uh, he brought up, I think we were watching creep show and he brought it up. He was like, Hey, you remember those old EC comics, tales from the vault and, mm-hmm. and all those. I was like, yeah, man, those were good. He goes, do they make those? I'm like, no, nah, man. Like, once CC Comics died, that that was it. Like, Marvel tried to do it, and then DC tried to do it, and you had, like, a resurgence of EC Comics from some indie company, and it, like, died off. Like, there was no fanfare for it. Mm-hmm. But there is fanfare for it. They're just, like, really underground. Like, there's, like, a, a certain percentage of comic book fans who are fans of EC who are hunting that stuff down, right. and it's really hard to get to them. And so we talked about it or whatever. And then Cryptic Closet was starting to make momentum. 
I started uh, to form Gorilla Publishing with uh, Ben Miller and Adam Farster. And then we just struck. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this is the time. We need to do it now. And let's keep that conversation that we had of the anthology going. Mm-hmm. And then it went from the anthologies to, like how you were saying earlier, let's put some new people on. You know, let's let's introduce the world to this person. Let's bring this person. This person's never done a horror story before. Let's see what they can do. Mm-hmm. So it was basically challenging friends. And the main thing is working with people you want to work with that you never worked with before. Because if you work with somebody, I feel like, you can get stagnant or they can improve with you. Right. So it's a double-edged sword. So with this one, we're like, oh, I I was working with Ben Miller a lot up until that point. So I was like, hey, I want to work with someone else. And he goes, I want to work with someone else. And it elevated the game and, and whatnot. And then we bring Ashley Esper out and Othel Flowers and Jorge Garza. and I love Othel Flowers, by the way. Yeah, he's, a, he's a great Instagram follow. But. <laughs> I love Ashley Esper. She's yeah. also a great also, Instagram yeah. follower. So we're doing that, and we're just like, let's bring more people on. Let's see what else we can do. What other stories? Because like Ben never wrote a, a horror story ever. Uh, Joshua Hall never wrote a comic book story at all. He wrote like books. Uh, Nathan Orthel, and he's gonna probably beat me up because I probably said his last name wrong. Never wrote a comic book, but he always wanted to. So we're just like, hey you're a fan of this we know because we've talked to you in some sort of passion or whatever you expressed interest what do we got to lose in all honesty so that's what it was and that that's the spirit of it still is just like what can we do now and like we brought in our friend uh, matthew skillern who i think is amazing especially in horror he has that old bernie wrightson um style and whatnot just like bill hallier who's does a lot of work He's for the, insane yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i greatly dislike that man every time he's i'm like okay i'm done with my pages he's like here this is what i did and i just rip my stuff up and walk away but, but I, he's, he's fast yeah he's fast he's, super talented yeah. um so it was just like let's let's bring this out we have this platform and unfortunately it it is a cutthroat business in comics mm-hmm. like it's just as hard as getting into the NBA, NFL, MLB as it is to get into Marvel and DC. And that shouldn't um, discourage you from doing it because you might be a phenomenal artist and you're hiding it from the world. And like you're, you guys just name two people that you guys like that I get to work with, that I get to call my friend. Mm-hmm. And it's great to hear that. It almost sort of reminds me of like wrestling because. Like, there's wrestler, there's wrestlers wrestling now who've been wrestling for ten, fifteen years. Yeah. And we, and you just like, oh yeah, you know, this person's good, but like, I don't know. And then there'll be someone who's like, oh, they've only been wrestling for two years, and they're like, wow, they just get it. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever wrestler A doesn't have, wrestler B does, and so they're the ones who you know go up to to WWE and get signed. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean that wrestler A isn't good. Again, it's just there's some component missing that's like when you get the it, it factor exactly because yeah. I mean the same thing happens with like with even with like movies with directors all the time, you know. Like I was, um, what was it? it was the, the movies that made us? I was watching an episode of Back to the Future and they're like Robert Zemeckis flopped three times or it was like two or three times, 
before he had a minor success. And it was one of those things where it's like, even though his movies flop, people were like, well, no, like I, I know he's talented, so we want to keep working with him. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where it's like, well, what do you do? You're going to tell these people like, no, you know, if like Steven Spielberg's like, no, 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 he's good. Give him another shot. You're going to be like, all right. You know? And again, it's like, you don't have to be this big mainstream name because like, if you're good at your craft and you know what you're doing, then that, then the work will speak for itself. You know, it's like, whether you think, oh my God, this is the best comic book ever. Or you think, oh, this sucked. It's like the, you know, you could have written a thousand books for Marvel you know, think think of all the books, all like the the big heavy hitters for Marvel and DC and all the other ones. They're still gonna be like, mm, well, you know that one that one wasn't as good as this. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can't always write the Dark Knight, you know, or the Dark Knight Returns. Like it's just like you don't, you know, you can't always write the Watchmen, but that doesn't like mean that all your other works aren't as good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I got a question for you. So, um, and I think I know some of the answer to this, but. Like, on the show, you know, a common recurring theme, and, you know, we use our own podcast as an example of this, but, like, if you want to do something, just go out and do it, right? Yeah. And I think specifically when it comes to artists, um, whether it's t-shirt artists or comic book artists, I think the one question, like, I get from a lot of people um, that maybe see me at a certain place and they'll say, well, how, like, how do I do that? Like, how do I get there? And... I see a lot of times people just not willing to do the work, right? Or not willing to take critique. Um, and, like, I think Julio is a perfect example of someone that, like, grinds and works hard. Great artist, but he's always, he's like, hey, what do you think of this? And, like, oh, what do you think of this text? And, like, there's a lot of back and forth going on. And, like, it, it's really good. And it was the same thing with Vinny. Vinny would do a lot of that with me. And then just to see like both of you guys like get better and but like every time you give me something I'm like wow it's, it's looking really good I don't have much critique on it, um, but like when it comes to creating something and owning it, like how how does someone get into that like it, it's one thing and you know you were talking about you and Vinny were having that conversation like oh do people do this why don't we do it a lot for a lot of people that's where the conversation ends yeah. and an idea is thought of and never gets worked on. Like once you have that idea and you think, Hey, maybe that's something we can do. Like how, how do you really just get the ball rolling on something like that? Um, probably not the easiest answer. <laughs> I know, but like, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, like the simplest answer is just, just go do it. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, there's a lot of people that don't even take that first step. Yeah. And, and that's, well, thank you for the kind <laughs> words because honestly, I do look at you as a mentor oh, and everything. So I greatly generous. appreciate that. <laughs> um, it it is part. We always say just go do it. Yeah, like how you said that is one of the big steps to do it. The next one is I would say research, and a lot of people I want to say get discouraged because of financials. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you guys with the podcast. I remember when you didn't have a board that big. <laughs> And you had this little thing, and at Horror House it was like, yeah. Julio, can you try to figure this out? And put yeah. this in the, and now you have a board. Mm-hmm. So it's slowly progressing. A lot of, a lot of people still are in that, what is it, quick instant gratification thing, yep. and that's what everyone thinks. It's an easy payoff, and I'm not knocking anyone or anything, but there is a lot of that. Like, mm-hmm. I got this idea. Okay, let's run because they think that's all 
were presented through the media is this person was an overnight sensation. Yeah. That person wasn't an overnight sensation. I mean, even with like bands that's, you know, they've been a garage band for like Mm -hmm. 12 years. And playing on really crappy guitars and whatnot. So that's the other thing I would say is know your financial limits and what you can afford to do it. It might not be the best equipment and that might be the best pencil or a Wacom tablet or anything. Start off with what you can have. That's what a lot of artists have done way back. Mm-hmm. When, like in the Renaissance age, they used what they had. Cavemen made paint out of what they had from the earth. Yeah. So that I feel like that is going away. But if we instill that, you keep going. I remember my first comic. The paper was bad or whatnot, but it was what I can afford at the time. And learn from those things. Like, okay, why was that bad? Well, the paper was bad. Right. The art wasn't that great. What can I do? And like you said, we got to understand critique. Well, it's how the person critiques you. Yeah, that's and, a big part. Yeah, yeah, and how you walk away from it. You shouldn't... Yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done because if some, you put your, your all into this book or movie or podcast and everything, you're like, oh, I got it. I finally have it. Mm-hmm. And then you give it to someone... And a critique right away is like all the negative stuff. And they just poke holes in everything you just yeah. did. Yeah. And then you're walking away kind of defeated. Don't. You did mm-hmm. it. You you did it. Now you take what that person said, analyze it, go back, do some reflection. Maybe don't reflect that day because you still might be in your feelings kind of yeah. pissed off and that whatnot. But reflect later on. And then look at what you can do. Yeah. And then keep progressing from there. Like I said, my first book, I did it at some print shop at my, like, two blocks away from my house or something. Book was to crap, but I sold it out there. It was my baby, mm-hmm. and I put it out there. And because of that, I learned what I did wrong at the cons. I learned what I did wrong. I had a bunch of artists tell me I would never make it. And still, right now, I still have artists and <laughs> people like, oh, you do what? Why? Like, why are you hiding? actually says that to you. I know. She's so mean <laughs> to me, man. Um but keep going yeah. and then start moving up. Like I said, I remember when you guys had that little thing and then you progressed up. Your mics changed. You guys, had, like, not saying you have better stuff, but because you were able to gradually right. go on, you guys mm-hmm. grind. And that's the other thing. Like, people don't want to go do the cons or do the podcast or do, you know, all that Sometimes stuff. Sometimes it's the boring stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is. I mean, a con can be super defeating. You know, you go out to, like, for example, we did North Carolina. We did Charlotte Heroes Con. And you spent, like, cons are expensive because yeah. you, you pay, like, three dollars $400 for a table. Then you're paying three $400 for a hotel. So you're dishing this money out to present a book to people you never done. And we didn't make a dime. And people just walk by your table. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, specifically at any Comic-Con, I kind of avoid Artist Alley <laughs> because I feel bad because there's a lot of times people are like, hey, what, you want to see them? I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and then I feel bad because like, you can feel the artist's soul withering when you walk by. Oh, but yeah. I like what you said, and I think that's a very important thing is that, one, yeah, just do it. Even if you have shitty equipment, even if you put something out that, you know, it's not a giant-sized, glossy 72-page thing from McFarlane you put it out and yeah maybe the paper's shitty maybe the art's not the best but one there's there's the ownership of hey I did this this is mine yeah. and even if it's a little shitty I made it and already you're 
past what 90% of the people do. Yep. And then the other thing is, yeah, you're not going to get the best looking book, the most, you're not going to hit the nail on the head the first try. So then you take that book and you say, okay, here's steps one through three, what I can fix, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the page, maybe the pages need to be a little bigger. Maybe I need to have some color. Maybe I need a bigger splash in the middle. And then you go do that. And then you take a look at it, you see the reception and you say, okay, there's stuff I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't know. There's yeah. some blind spots. So on the third one, I'll fix it. And like, that's stuff like we did. Like you said, we had like this little recorder thing and we would sit, you know, and I'll tell you, it's, it's all Birdo because I don't know what a single button on that fucking thing does. <laughs> but he sat there and like, I know like there were times he was stressing. He's like, I don't, and then we would just figure it out. And like memory cards wouldn't work. We had to figure that out. Batteries. And then, you know, you do a little bit better. And, you know, we always say, go back and listen to our early stuff. We sounded really nervous. Yeah. Hey, we guys, were, welcome to episode yeah. four. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, what's going? Yeah, and then you get a little more confident, and then you you go out and you do a little more. But the the key is, go out and do it. Plant your foot, yeah. right? You, you you don't get anywhere without taking the first, and then the second, and the third, fourth, fourth step. You know, like oh, I very much like that. Like you mentioned, like just have something to show because like it. The whole time you were saying that, it reminded me of Kevin Smith and you guys. I can't see it, but you can see the giant Kevin Smith shrine right behind me. But like his idea was, I'm gonna make clerks. Just, just so that I have something to show. Right. You know, it's very much like what you guys are saying. It's just so you have yeah. something to show so that the next time you're not spending your own money, next time someone's like, here, here's some money, make a second thing. And very much like what you were saying, Dave, his next follow-up is clerks inside of a mall. It's yeah. mall rats. You know, and that's one of those things where it's like, okay, kind of heard, oh, you know, fix this, this, and that, and did that, and it still wasn't a major hit. Right. And then, you know, finally with the third one is like all right now i know what to do you know and does chasing amy and that kind of just revitalizes you know like he starts like winning awards and stuff like that and it's it's very much that where it's like i think there's a component where like and it'll happen sometimes with dave and i where we're like oh my god we record an episode with so-and-so it's gonna be it's gonna be huge it's gonna be a mega hit and it does modestly you know this is one of those things where it's like and again me and dave were not like numbers guys yeah you know but like there are sometimes episodes where i'm like really this person <laughs> i'm like this person only did this much okay i guess you mm-hmm. know but then conversely sometimes like we'll have we'll have someone random where i'm just like wow really this person did this much yeah. and like it is kind of and i'm sure it's the same with you where it's like it's easy to just look at the numbers and be like why 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 but oh, like yeah. again like with us where it's like well if if my if like if my goal and I don't you know it's like if our, our goal was we want to get the most downloads it's like well then we'd be hounding at like AW where it's like hey can we get Mox can we get Kenny can we get Jericho can we get well like, and the, then the other thing is constant defeat <laughs> yeah when you set yeah. your goals too high and then you're just like oh, I'll never reach like it. I'll I'll say there are there's. There, there's someone who uh, his name is making the rounds, uh, and I had the opportunity to ask this person several times if they would do our show, and never did. Mostly because I was just like, ah, they're gonna say no, and then finally I was like, hey, do you want to do this show? And they were like, I have to get back, and now it all makes sense why they were like, I have to get back to you on that, so I'm not saying no. And I was like, it's okay, you could just say no. And they were like. I have to get back to you on that. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I felt a sense of like deflation where I was just like, 
you should have just said no. Because that's the thing sometimes too with like with Dave and I, we're like, just say no. Like, yeah, we, and, we get strung along a lot. Yeah, and, and it might be the same thing with you because, like, I know with you, you design a lot of like shirts for wrestlers and stuff. And sometimes it might be like, hey, I had the design. Do you like it? And they're kind of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or either they don't respond and it's like, just fucking say yes or no, you know? And again, and so like with Dave and I, where I'm just like, I'm now just like, why didn't I ask earlier? Why, right. like, I had, and that's kind of a theme with our show. Why didn't we ask? Her? Where it's like I had, yeah. I had two years. Like it very much reminds me of like, uh, like I remember like post high school. I had all these, all these girls who I thought were just friends who were just like, no, I had the biggest crush on you, and I'm like, why didn't you say anything? Yeah, you know. And they were just like, well, we didn't want to get turned down, and I'm like, by me? Like I look, like I look like if you had a Nazi draw a photo of like what they think a Mexican person looks like, you know. Um, <laughs> As we just sort of wind down here, I feel like I have to ask because obviously you're as much of a comic book nerd as we are. Like, how up to date have you been with uh, with the Marvel shows? Like today they announced the Hawkeye show is coming in November mm-hmm. yeah. and November twenty fourth. November twenty fourth, and I forgot which what date the Miss Marvel show is coming out. But like, have, how have you been keeping up with all the Marvel shows, oh, or yeah. just yeah? yeah, yeah? I'm fully up to date, man. <laughs> Um, All right, so what? So what are you looking most forward to now with like Marvel? You know, multiverse is wide open. Like, what? You know, you get to fantasy book. What? What is it? Oh, what man. is it that you want? I wish you were here on like Mondays and Wednesdays when Maggie's here too, <laughs> and you come in more often. Yeah. So we we can talk this, and Maggie and I talk about it quite a bit. Um. Of course, multiverse one. Bring right. Mephisto in. Do the whole nine with that and start opening up like a uh, house of M. Mm-hmm. The, the seeds are already, like, we kind of already got a house of M with WandaVision, which bit. was kind of cool. Uh, just showing her true potential and stuff like that. And then Loki blowing the multiverse way open, especially with the rumors of Spider-Man No Way Home and all that stuff. And then, so I think there's going to be three different events like everything was you know for the 10 years was leading up to thanos and infinity gone right. and stuff like that i think it's multiverse so they're going to start opening it up so they can bring in characters like miles morales and the and hopefully bring in the x-men that's how they do it especially now yeah. that they'll be canon and kind of they did that with that deadpool yeah. trailer reaction when he did fall guy with court yeah yeah so well and that's a really smart way to get fully realized characters into a timeline where they didn't exist yeah mm-hmm. yeah then I hope they do. Uh, everyone's saying Thunderbolts, like because they're like, "Oh, Ross is going to be Red Hulk, this and that." I'm looking Dark Avengers. I mean, it looks like they're going more so with Dark Avengers. Yeah, so I think that would be cool, especially with the Black Widow movie. The end credit for that kind of led to like, "Oh, okay." And then the next one I hope is a cosmic event with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Love and Thunder. So I hope it's three different events, so we're not. We're not focused on one big bad, and it it stays true to the comics because like all the comics, you're not all the comics don't go to one storyline. Like yeah. Captain America is doing one thing, Spider Man's doing something else simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, and whatnot. And I hope like this, some of these things bring in those Netflix characters. You know, like if we do a Dark Avengers, can we bring Punisher in mm-hmm. somehow with that? Because that's going to be the gritty military you know, guns and everything like that. And then maybe we bring in cosmic ghost rider, you know, for the cosmic stuff. And I, I will say, energy. as far as the Netflix shows go, um, 
I don't know if I don't think I, we brought up the I don't think we brought it up on the podcast, but like uh, Kingpin is rumored to be in the the Hawkeye TV show, and wouldn't you know it, they're doing Spider Man reshoots, and for like the second time, Charlie Cox is also doing reshoots on a movie that has nothing it's not spider-man right he's not doing spider-man it's another movie that's not on his imdb that no one's ever heard of right but it, ironically it lines up for the second time they're doing spider-man you know reshoots so maybe you know maybe we see him and that would be fun because i was like a huge fan of those netflix shows oh, like yeah. like i've got a quote from Except the for iron fist and the defenders <laughs> yeah you, you know but like i love luke cage i love the first season of jessica jones was awesome but like that daredevil show it was like Fuck it! Like the theme this, song, like everything was so good. Those they, hall hallway fights. They, you guys brought up uh, Dark Knight earlier, and Frank Miller is like a huge inspiration mm-hmm. to me, and like I study all his shit all the time, and it's like whoever wrote that, the cinematographer, the storyboard artist, the directors, they knew what they were doing. They were like, okay, let's bring that gritty stuff yeah. over and i think mm-hmm. that's what made i think it was joe casada who was just like yeah we're yeah. fucking we're you know yeah. we're doing it this way so that i mean because the movie like I, I understood they were trying to push it out there for the movie and stuff like that and they had to get the big name after because it was attached to a studio and i think that's what stifled marvel back in the day was like because it was attached to other studios they had to do whatever the studio said but now it's marvel studios so anything right. goes so they can do what they want to do yeah Hence why, like, we had an amazing Daredevil, we had an amazing Kingpin, Punisher, like, everyone, like you said, they fell flat a little bit on on Iron Fist, but if they stick to that formula, that recipe, the, I mean, the the Marvel Knights is what really got me, so I'm, like, really looking forward to Moon Knight. That's, like, my... Mm. Yeah, I know a lot of people are... You know, I, I just... I wonder if a character like Punisher is maybe too violent for, like, Disney Plus and, you know, Disney in general. Well, see, it's for me, Punisher, I, I always see there's a category of characters that I'm like, I don't want to see you have your own show. Right. I want you to just come in, just kind of, you Wreak know, havoc. flow in and out to yeah. shows like The Hulk. The Hulk, I was like, I was always fine with like, don't give him his own show. Yeah, just have him come in, do some shit. Like, look at what he, you know, basically like him coming into uh, Thor Ragnarok. Like that to me, kind of revitalized him as a character. Because like, by the last time you see him at age, like at the end of Age of Ultron, it's like, all right, I, like yeah. I've kind of, I'm, I'm kind of done with Bruce Banner. And like to me, Punisher, it's, he's that character, you know, where it's like you can have him again kind of just weave in and out when you need him to just fuck some shit up and then it's when are we gonna see him again i don't know you know he's already he's now in this universe like he you know he's done a little bit with this character and he's done a little bit with that character and so maybe he'll pop up in this next movie or maybe he'll pop up in this show and to me it's just like that's it's sort of like with like with like aw right now where it's just like what are they gonna do? Yeah. I don't know, but I have like that trust in them. Right. I mean, it's yeah, like you mentioned. I mean, Punisher is kind of that. I mean, touchy I, character. I could use more. I like. I love the Punisher series. I love the Punisher series, um, and I do like the exploration. Well, so not to get political, but like lately, we've been seeing a lot of police using Punisher imagery. Yeah. And you say it all the time. Clearly, they don't know what the Punisher is. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't like he's not to be celebrated. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like. It's he's like the pole, almost the polar opposite of Batman. 
in that like you know batman's like i'm not gonna kill anyone and yeah i know he has killed people in the comics but you know he's got a code of ethics he's like a nouveau samurai and then punisher on the other hand is like i'll kill everybody (laughs) and like i'm not really dealing with my ptsd i'm just piling on top of it like a like a club sandwich um but i i like that tortured you know bruce wayne is tortured by the death of his parents frank castle's tortured by the death of his family and they choose they go completely different routes and there's like a part of the punisher that like he knows he's the bad guy Mm -hmm. yeah you know he's an anti-hero to us but to him like he's doing bad stuff and he just he gave up on humanity he just he just wants to punish it's and, all, and I like I love that I love seeing the exploration of like that sort of a spirit you know I've, I've always said to me the character of Rorschach is a little bit like we're gonna get Frank Castle mm-hmm. and then you know Bruce Wayne and just merge him into one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah like I'm excited like it kind of what we're seeing it down the map for Marvel is simultaneously kind of boring a little bit but also conceptually exciting. Like, multiverse is great, but, like, you know, we're like, oh, Hawkeye's daughter, that's kind of cool, I guess. But, like, you know what I mean? And there's, like, these little things you're like, uh, you know. See, I, I I, don't, I love, I love Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. I don't think I would love the character of Hawkeye if it was anybody else. And the yeah. fact that, and I'm sorry if you haven't watched Black Widow, spoilers one, two, three, um, that you, know, you have uh, Black Widow's sister coming yeah. in to like get her revenge on him i'm like that that to me is interesting it's yeah like, i do like that you yeah. made this it's like you made the show interesting and especially that they're like kingpin's also going to be in it because before like you mentioned yeah i was like all right they're clearly doing young avengers so they have to introduce kate bishop right you yeah. know and they have enough they have enough faith in this specific story that they were like it's getting its own show and now it makes sense now it's like okay now i see why because it's like you're gonna bring in fucking vincent d'onofrio yeah that man Which, by the way the best character he's ever played uh, yeah the alien and men in black yeah uh, <laughs> the, guy, the guy in the edgar suit sugar water <laughs> i want sugar water um but yeah you know so it's, now it's just like okay i see what you guys are doing yeah. and that's fucking awesome and yeah like i just like like you mentioned Julio like I think they're kind of steering away from like here's just this one big thing we're leading up to because they're right. you know what they're going to do X-Men versus Avengers yeah at some oh, yeah, point that will that will be its own you know but you can't wait like 22 films to get to that point right no. you got to run things concurrently and what I think works in their favor and I've always said this like give me an X-Men show of everyone just just at the school yeah so that that way when you do the films because one of the things with the X-Men films was a third of the movie you have His to origin set up you have to fucking oh this is yeah. you know this is julio he fucking you know snails come out of his butt and so like <laughs> all right well now you need to know why and how that fucking happens factors into like helping everyone and there's five other julios with snails yeah. coming out of their butts and you have to you know introduce all that but like if you introduce everyone in the show just give us the movie and hey if you don't know like if you haven't watched the show then go fuck yourself because yeah. marvel clearly at this point doesn't care they're like either keep up or sorry my guy that's on you well what, what, what i wanted to ask julio too is like why are there slugs coming out of his yeah butt? why are there slugs coming out of your butt? <laughs> put them back in <laughs> i'm sorry but also like i i love the so like with the infinity saga you had to get the heavy hitters you had to get you know like thor captain america Iron, you had to get those out of the way right yeah and now that 
you know marvel has acquired everything in the universe you know now they got a little more prominent toys to play with but like also because we got those big guys out of the way i think someone like james gunn doing guardians of the galaxy and then also by all accounts suicide squad is a smash hit he took all these f-list characters that like you don't really need to you'll probably get a little bit of origin on some of them but like now you know all these silly characters just exist you know while the thing in new york is happening you got space aliens doing weird shit like are you excited about like these lower tier characters getting a little more shine like u.s agent half the people that say they like captain america probably don't know about u.s agent and now it's a thing and now he's gonna be a prominent thing on disney plus like like what are your thoughts on like how you could properly utilize stuff like that Oh, I, I dig that they're doing that because U.S. Agent was like one of my favorite renditions. He uh, looks so cool in the yeah, comic books, yeah. Like the all black, like menacing and, and whatnot. And I remember that coming out in the 90s and being hyped. Yeah. Like, holy cow, they're doing this? Like an all black like cap? Like, that's yeah. crazy. So I'm happy they're doing it and they can evolve the storyline a little bit more. Like change it and bring some of those. Because technology has caught up with us that you can do these things from those 90s comics and put it on the big screen now right. so you can do all these storylines so like i'm excited if they do an onslaught storyline so that means you got to bring nathan cool. nathan summers in so that'd be dope to see him and uh wild child and all those guys Dude, like onslaught was like the coolest thing when i was a kid oh, i was like can anything get any cooler than onslaught <laughs> i don't think so like I, I would love an onslaught figure now see and, and the thing with kevin feige is he is very good at like we're going to bring in the you've never fucking heard of onslaught yeah but give me give me six months <laughs> and you're gonna be fucking seeing onslaught t-shirts and coals yeah well, we were we were even talking about it on the show when we were talking about like loki mm. and how one beautiful show but like in like two or three episodes i cared about mobius and mobius more than i ever did any dceu character in any movie like I love Batman, but, like, I didn't care anything about anything in that whole Justice League thing. But, like, Mobius is feeling getting hurt. I'm like, oh, and then, you know, spoiler alert, getting uh, purged, like, or what are they called? Pruned. Pruned. Yeah, and I'm like, there's something about the way Marvel does, like, their lower tier characters. And also, you can take those characters that nobody cares about, and somehow you can do the deepest stories, because now you can dive into their psyche. There's no sacred text about them, and so you can do interesting things i believe it was on the first episode that we did with you where i read that text or like that facebook post where i was fucking so upset that marvel was about doing, guardians that they were doing guardians of the galaxy <laughs> and like you mentioned you know because it's like i had never heard of them yeah. and now i can't watch the beginning of that movie without fucking bawling my eyes out <laughs> yeah or when you get to the ending and he opens up the fucking goddamn mixtape and he starts fucking crying i cry every single goddamn time <laughs> or when he's holding the power stone and like all the guardians just link hands to like help him and then he sees his mother and he finally reaches out to his mother's hand oh every time i see it i bawl like a like an insane baby man <laughs> yeah i mean but like who who could have thought star lord yeah could elicit that type of emotion from you so like i don't know i i'm i think when it comes to like comic book stuff on film they're really starting to catch up to the way comic book storytellers have been doing it because like 
Exactly. A lot of people don't care about Daredevil, but there's been a lot of like if not for Daredevil, Ninja Turtles don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they were a parody of Daredevil, the foot or the hand and you know mm-hmm. it's just like for so long people were doing the easy way to do superhero stuff, like you just put them in black biker gear and you know what am I going to wear? Yellow spandex? Yeah, you do that, and then you just tell some fucking half-ass story, and then Fox pumps out bullshit. But now they're starting to figure it out. They're starting to figure, hey, we should care more about this stuff. Yeah. Listen, as and we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. But if I I I'm go on record, mark my words, save this tweet. If with all this multiverse shit going on, if we can somehow, some way, get uh, Hugh Jackman. In that Wolverine costume that we saw at the end <laughs> mm-hmm. of you know the second Wolverine movie, I will fucking I uh, I will get a Wolverine tattoo or something like <laughs> I will cut my pants. Because well, here, here's the other thing too. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. But like a lot of times, superheroes are dressed clearly. They're just their outfits are painted on their body. Yeah. But there's some artists that actually take the time to make it look like an like I've seen renditions of wolverine where you can see the seams in his outfit it looked like you get piping or uh like another good example of people doing realistic superhero stuff whenever you see depictions of batgirl now she has like a motorcycle getup, but it looks like batgirl's outfit you yeah. see snaps and belts and it's not you know you don't see the biker jacket yeah and you don't see spandex going up her butt crack and under her boobs and stuff like it's realistic yeah. i cannot spider-man perfect example like sony did a couple good suits and like I liked them, and then they look like shit as soon as Tom Holland puts on his suit. That's like a perfect suit. Like they figured out how to make spandex look good. Yeah. I can't wait to see Wolverine's suit. Who? Uh, before we get out of here, uh, where can people find you? And where can people, if, if they still want to, you know, give you guys some more money for, <laughs> you know, the, the Kickstarter? And I'm at Pro Wrestling Tees Monday through Friday. <laughs> you can come in and be like, "What's up?" Yeah, but like your your Twitter and yeah. Instagram. Oh yeah. So um, you can for the Kickstarter the. The kickstarter.com backslash tales from the cryptic closet 3d um we still have this comes out monday so we'll still be in like the 20 ish days uh on there so basically right now it's you could pre-order the book there is no risk uh like i said you pre-order it it guarantees you the book a pair of 3d glasses and any other rewards that we have such as t-shirts buttons uh we just unlocked our stretch goal this morning um which is like a keychain a button and a sticker uh and we're gonna we have one more if we reach eight thousand dollars we have one more major stretch goal in the works can't really talk about it because it's not here and we're trying to figure out like finalizing some plans but i think i heard about it it's pretty rad uh if you hit that if you help us reach that eight thousand, which we're not too far from we'll announce that second one uh but yeah you could get a digital copies physical copies t-shirts and stuff like that again that's kickstarter.com uh Everything is Gorilla Publishing. Uh, so Instagram is Gorilla Publishing, G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A. Uh, Twitter, it's Gorilla underscore pub. Facebook, Gorilla Publishing Group or GorillaPublishingGroup.com. Awesome. Thank you again, Julio, for uh, coming on to do this. And yeah. uh, we know how much of a connoisseur of uh, horror films you are. And with October right around the corner... Um, there's definitely uh, space at the old Scrump and Sting family video store so we can uh, talk some spooky shit, all right? Hell yeah, man. Sounds oh, good. Thanks, okay. guys. Awesome. Thank you, Julio. Thank you again to Julio for that interview. Yeah. Um, 
God, it's one of like he's one of those people that we could just sit there and talk Marvel shit with him till we're blue oh, in the yeah. face. You know? Like And he knows comics so well. It's it's really good to get like a creator perspective on some of the stuff we talk about all the time. Hey, dude, it's very much in the same way like sometimes when I have like conversations with wh park or w i hear wh park talking comics and he just starts throwing out names and titles yep. and it's just like oh i am so uned like as educated as i think i am like i am so uneducated um well but, not only that but like when he's mentioning it too you, you got to make a mental note you're like oh i gotta read that oh shoot <laughs> i gotta look into that further let, let me wikipedia that so yeah i i definitely know what you're feeling no, for sure. And uh, also, uh, Brody King just showed up at uh, PWG. So, you know, shout, shout out fucking Brody King. Love me some Brody we King. Love Brody King. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as we mentioned, oh, you know what? Hawkeye, the Hawkeye TV show also finally got a uh, announcement date. November 24th, Wednesday, November 24th. Uh, Suicide Squad is this week. I cannot, yep. I cannot wait. It's got like 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um and Matt Nix's girlfriend Nicole, she actually like got to see an early screening of it, um, which was always she the, had some things to say. Yeah, she <laughs> had some things to say. But uh, Nick did mention she also might have been uh, drinking a little bit of a spicy water, and uh, yes, <laughs> that might have affected things. But I, when I worked at the movies, my theater was one that would constantly get early screenings, and yep. there was nothing worse than being a giant fucking like Marvel nerd and wanting to see the new Thor Captain America movie. And all you can do is walk by the auditorium and listen to fucking like the movie because you know, like, yeah. Cause they're yeah. like, they're closed off events to where like they would have, even in projection, it was their own people. Like it wasn't even our projectionist like in there. Right. It was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, that sounds like so much fun. Like, why can't I watch it? But you know, she got to watch it and, I think I think I'm gonna stay up Thursday night. Um, actually, I might I might take a nap Thursday night and then wake up, <laughs> watch the movie, and then go back to sleep, or maybe not go back to sleep, depending how good it is or how bad it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then still probably go see it at some point during the weekend in theaters. Like it's definitely um, I've got my my living room back, so the you know the giant TV is not my my little theater. It's uh, back in operations, much like most theaters. It's looking sharp. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's looking sharp, so I definitely want to check that out. And then, you know, the following Wednesday, What If starts. And there's been so many, like, have you seen any of, like, the toy reveals? No. I've been uh, I've been keeping myself spoiler-free with it. Oof. It looks like we are getting some fun stuff uh, from that. You know, a lot of familiar... Oh, no. I did see. No, I did see, because I'm on Big Bad Toy Store. I saw... Well, I saw a zombie cap that looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw, well, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen it, but uh, looks pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I did see that lying. Yeah, listen, there's a lot of familiar friends and faces uh, coming back into the fray of things. Uh, very much like an old friend that we've got coming back this week. Uh, for some of you OG friends of the show, you may remember a particular segment that we used to have on here uh, called Fan of the Week. It only went away for the simple reason of COVID. Yeah, COVID happened, and then um, we kind of just got like too lazy to to go out. Yeah, I got lost in the shuffle. Got lost (laughs) in the shuffle. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. Got lost in the shuffle on top of 
like Maggie gets so many emails that it, it after a certain while, it like, oh, this one's funny. Let me send it to them. It's just there's a flurry of people yelling at her for things out of her control. Um, yeah. Very much like this week's email because, ladies and gentlemen, fan of the week. Dear Scrump and Stank, I'm writing today to be the fan of the week. Your services suck, my order is fucked. Place this morning, I'm free. I hope it keeps you awake. You ain't ever getting Omaha steaks. Sign your fan of the week. Have a nice day. Hey, this is Clifford reading Fan of the Week. This is from Liam from Parts Unknown. Subject, refund. Hello, I'm inquiring about either a refund or a reshipment of my t-shirt from May. I will pay for the shipping if it's shipped again, but I wasn't informed that there's now an import tax. I messaged about it and then found out and heard nothing after. I have paid and haven't received anything. It was paid by PayPal attached to this email and it was the Roman Reigns Wreck This Pussy and Leave t-shirt. Kind regards, Liam. And hi, uh, this is Maggie from Pro Wrestling Tees, customer specialist. Uh, hello. Thanks for reaching out to us, but we don't sell a shirt that says Roman Reigns Wreck This Pussy and Leave. You ordered two grab bag shirts from us in May, and I checked, and we haven't received any emails from you prior to this about an issue with your order, so I'm guessing you got us mixed up with a different vendor. If I can help with anything else, Please let me know, Maggie. <laughs> Have a nice day. Thank you again to Clifford Fraser and Maggie for uh, reading that fan of the week. Uh, I don't believe yeah, it Maggie, is. Maggie needs, a, Maggie needs like a lozenge or something. Yeah, you know what? Her she her voice was a little raspy, you know. But yeah, uh, you know, it's you know, what are you gonna, what are you do? gonna do? Yeah, what are you going to do? So thank you again for everyone uh, who's uh, stuck around at this point listening. Um, Again, next week will be our interview with Jesse Kohlenberg, you know, OG friend of the show. Uh, It's very fun chat, too, that we got. That one also kind of just went all over the place because we didn't have any notes. It was literally just like, all right, here comes our friend and let's see what, you know, let's see what sort of shenanigans we can get up to. And so, yep. so yeah, that'll be next week. We'll have an episode of Scrump and Stakes Detective Agency dropping Wednesday and uh, Clerks with Clifford Frazier uh, dropping this Friday. Uh, again, if you want to, you know, if you want to partake in the Patreon, you know, we said how awesome would it be if we can get to, to 20 and we're now at 21. Let's let's see if we can get up to 25. I think that would be, you know, pretty cool. And you can sign up for as low as five bucks a month, you know, get uh the the weekly movie review in the form of uh scrump and stings family video and of course all that stuff's available over at patreon.com forward slash pwt cast dave i've run out of things to say officially i don't know about you sir yeah no it's been a long weekend so i have run out of things to say as well all right you guys so for the pwt cast i've been scrump and this is stank and this is friend of the show kenny omega kenny omega here friend of the show We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.